Blog Talk Radio. Kerry Park from BamaMag.com and Scout.com, joined as always by Thomas Watts, our senior producer emeritus in the studio of uh, Touchdown Alabama Magazine and whoever it is that they merged with, I can't remember. And uh, we are going to be joined in a few minutes by two people. First, our third host, Ruby Armand of 97.7 The Zone in Huntsville, and around five minutes after, Rodney Orr owner and editor-in-chief at TigerInsider.com. So we're going to get all kinds of recruiting updates tonight. But I have some breaking news to share, listeners. And it's news that I think you'll find interesting, particularly if you are a close follower of the University of Alabama basketball program. Ironically, about 10 or 15 minutes before we came on the air tonight, after eating some leftover pizza, I uh, topped it off with a fudgesicle. Well... What does that have to do with sports? This. Tonight, Avery Johnson, who I got to speak to last night, by the way, more on that later. But Avery Johnson tonight has named Scott Popsicall his men's assistant head coach. Uh, he'll be the number three guy on the staff. Uh, coach Popsicall has over 30 years of coaching experience at three levels, AAU, junior college, and high school. Uh, he is the newest member of Avery Johnson's staff, joining Bob Simon and Antoine Petway. Uh And they went through a process, but finally they chose him. Uh, I'm told now that uh, the correct pronunciation is Pospickle, not Pospickle. My bad. Pospickle. So That's going to absolutely be bastardized, though. Yeah. It'll be, it's one of those that you really wish Snake State would call to call on a basketball game. So it's Pospickle. That's how it's pronounced. Coach Pospicle comes to Alabama. He spent the previous 10 years building the Texas Titans into one of the AAU's elite programs uh, in Texas and the nation. Uh, he coached over 25 different D1 players, including current L.A. Laker Julius Randle of Kentucky. Uh, he coached Matthew Jones of Duke and uh, Damian Jones, who we know well, the great center at Vanderbilt. And you guessed it, Avery Johnson, Jr. They all play for Coach Postpickle. Postpickle. Wow, that's a tongue twister. He did lead the Texas Titans to seven AAU national championship games in the ten years that he was at the helm. Four of those he won the national title in. And of course, that means he got run up three times. Uh, you know, gosh, he has other coaching experience as a head coach of Palm Beach Community College in Lake Worth, Florida, nine seasons, nineteen eighty seven to ninety five. He was the winningest coach in the program history. He went 181 and 72. That's a 71.5 winning percent. Pretty good. Uh, he led those teams to three conference championships and was named the conference coach of the year three times. 
And during his nine years at Palm Beach Community College, 48 of his 50 players were placed in four-year schools. He obviously knows how to evaluate talent. Prior to his Palm Beach Community College time, Popsicle was an assistant coach at UNC Charlotte from 83 to 85. And uh, he stepped outside the basketball realm and became a businessman from 94 to 04, working for Excel Communications. How do we know he can sell recruits? Here's how. He is the company's 13th best all-time income earner. So he's the closer. Uh, he played college basketball at Florida Southern from 81 to 83, up in the Moccasins to the 81 D2 National Championship, and they were runners-up in 82. So he had two good final years in college. And uh, they also won some other conference championships along the way. And uh, he is second in that program's history in career free throw percentage. He shot 868. That's basically 87%. So that's an area that he'll be able to help the kids at Alabama in. Uh, He's been married to his wife, Janet, for 30 years. The couple has four children, a son, Jason, who just graduated from Warner University in Lake Wales, Florida, and two. And he has triplet daughters. Triplet daughters, all 18 years old, Brooke, Grace, and Molly, and they will be uh, attending college this fall. Brooke has signed a scholarship as a diver at University of Texas in Austin. Grace signed a basketball scholarship at Oklahoma Wesleyan, and Molly will be a freshman regular student and probably intramural athlete of all time at University of North Texas in Denton. So let's uh, all welcome Scott Poston. Scott Pop, newest member of the Alabama basketball staff, joining Bob Simon and Antoine Petway under Coach Johnson. Coach Johnson still has not named a director of basketball operations, and uh, I, I really haven't even heard any names out there. Uh, we are about to be joined by Judy Armand, and I think that he is with us now. Drew, I have uh, learned to pronounce Scott Postacle's name, the newest member of the Avery Johnson staff, and I just got done reading his uh, bio, and uh, he's got a lot of experience at the AAU level and the junior college level. So uh, I'm not really – I've seen the name somewhere, uh, I, I, probably because he was an AAU coach for 10 years in Texas, and uh, he's now an Alabama assistant coach. Drew uh, Yarman, have you ever heard of Scott Postacle? Well, we'll wait to hear from Drew. Let's we'll get him up. Let's see here. Uh, okay. I'm a, I'll have to debug his system again. So, all right. Well, this seems to be a weekly thing. And uh, somebody is calling in, I guess, already. Well, I do have Rodney on hold. Well, let's go ahead and bring him on. He's a better call than Drew anyway. <laughs> all right. Here you go. Rodney Orr, TylerInsider.com. Welcome to Bams Radio. How are you doing, man? Hey, Carrie. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm great, man. It looks like you're a... Uh, Adding new riders left and right here. I hope, I hope there's still some room for some game day work. I'm sorry, say that again, Kerry. Looks like you've been adding uh, new staff riders left and right here in the last Thank week too. Uh, I hope there's still room for some football and basketball game day work for a <laughs> uh, Huh? I'm sure. I'm sure that. Uh, I'm sure that we do have plenty of room for you, Kerry. Well, that's good to hear, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Drew, are you with us yet? Not yet. Okay, well, Thomas is working on some bugs. Rodney, I just got done explaining to the people uh, how to pronounce Scott Postacle's name. 
Because I sure enough called him Pops up for the first time I read it. But you got me, member of Avery Johnson's staff. Drew, you there? Yes, I got you. All right, we got Drew Yarman joining us along with Roger Gore and, of course, Tom Swatch. So, pretty good force from there, even though I don't play golf. But, uh, Drew, I was just telling Rodney, I've learned how to pronounce uh, Scott Popsicle's name. Newest member of the uh, Alabama basketball staff. I think I've heard of him from his AAU days in Texas. Uh, have you, Drew? Yes, uh, I've just been doing some recon on that contact and an AAU uh, coach that I'm uh, friends with. And his one word term when I heard when he heard about the hire and I sent him the info was excellent. So it's getting uh, good reviews thus far. Well, when he works in telecommunications, he took a 10-year hiatus from basketball, and he's the 13th all-time earner for telecommunications. So obviously he's the closer. Uh, but also, you know, he, he coached a lot of great NBA players uh, and, and, and current college players. He coached Damian Jones at Bambi. He coached David Johnson Jr., Matt Jones at Duke. Uh, and even Julius Randle, who went to Kentucky to the Lakers. So uh, obviously a great hire. And uh, we'll, we'll get back uh, more on him later on. Uh, I did have a chance last night to uh, talk to Avery Johnson face-to-face. We'll talk about that later. Right now, we've got Robbie Orr, Tyler Insider, on with us so we can talk about football and football recruiting. First off, Robbie, uh, no, no need to let this dead horse lie. I've been beaten anymore, at least this week. Uh, Alabama fans were waiting with bated breath for days and days and days and days and days and never got a word on Braxton Miller. Uh, where does that stand as far as his potential transfer from Ohio State and could he still theoretically show up in July for the second summer Well, Kerry, I, I, honestly, I have not heard anything on that in you know a week or, or longer. And I just you know, again, you know, I think the best thing to do is kind of. It, it seems like it's died down, and it, you know, will it happen or will it not happen? I mean, who who really knows? I mean, I don't think anybody is expecting it in terms of you know fans or whatever. And if there's something going on behind the scenes, then, uh, you know, we'll find out about it, you know, sooner or later, I'm sure. But I have not heard anything of any note within the past week or so. Drew, have you heard anything? Uh, Kerry, I have heard just today um, that a a certain former player connected to the priest continues to believe he's going to come to Alabama. But as Rodney aptly said, there's really been nothing concrete um, in the last uh, close to a week. So it's really in a holding pattern. Uh, still nothing from Braxton Miller himself. Uh, you know, his Twitter feed has been rather ordinary. Uh, I know people have been watching it closely. But if something's going to happen, I'm sure it will happen by the month of July. We will have to wait and see. Uh, I do think beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, on my radio station, Bill King does the morning show. Uh, he had a Buckeye beat reporter on yesterday. He thinks he will stay. But freely admit, the chances of him starting would be about 10%. So you got to hope Braxton Miller in the end makes the best decision for him. And I think it would be to come to Alabama. But that's just going to have to play itself out because I just do not believe he's going to be the starter at Ohio State with J.T. Barrett and Cardell Jones returning. Correct. Now, Rodney, I, I have got a special treat for you, my friend. Uh, a long time, long time of the title inside of TV is making his first ever appearance on BAM's radio tonight. Also a long time friend of ours. Uh, he doesn't know Drew yet, but he'll come to know Drew later. Trust me. 
I want to go ahead and bring on my longtime friend and my Christian brother and my uh, saved by the crimson blood of Jesus brother, Bill Taylor, BT from Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Bam's Radio uh, to Kerry, Rodney, and Drew. What's up, man? Good, Kerry. How about you? This is Rodney. How about you? Hey, hey, BT. How you doing, buddy? Good, buddy. How about you, Rodney? I'm doing great. Doing great, BT. Kerry, I I want to take this opportunity real quick to say BT joins us sometimes on Tuesday nights after our show. We go out to we go to Dickies, and I'm telling you what, BT is the (laughs) best entertainment now. (laughs) (laughs) BT is good entertainment. If everybody in the world had the love of Christ in their hearts that BT has, there wouldn't even be no prisons. That's that's how great of a guy BT is. But BT also loves the Crimson Tide of Alabama, and I know that he's got some questions for us here on the panel. Uh, what you got tonight, Bill? Uh, Rodney, do you and Terry, do y'all think uh, uh, we're going to get inside? Uh, I mean, a big guy from high school or what? Are you talking about basketball, Bill? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Okay, well, I had a chance. I had a chance last night to attend the reception uh, uh, at John McMahon's home, uh, and Avery was the guest of honor. And I asked him straight up, you know, Coach Johnson, are, are we going to be able to get a big man here in the late signing period? And he kind of shook his head and said, I don't know about that. I'm not. I'm not sure. We're working on it, but I, I can't say for sure. So it, it didn't sound very promising to me about that. But some other people that know Coach Johnson uh, think that there's a better chance that they'll sign Toby Eubanks, a 6'5", guard, in the next three or four weeks build than there is if they'll get a post player. I think for now they're going to have to make do with what they've got as far as the front line goes. Right. Right. And, uh, Rodney, uh, you think uh, um, you think what uh, I feel – Pretty good about this team this year coming up. Football, I feel pretty good about it. Well, BT, I think that uh, there's a good chance Alabama filled one of their better defenses. I think they're going to be vastly improved. I think the coaches are very confident, you know, with what they have defensively. Uh, you know, I think up front, this is one of the stronger defensive lines that Alabama's had in, you know, many, many years, obviously. And I think they've got right. a chance to, to be dominant up front. So, that's where it all starts again, BT. I think, you know, what you got to do on, on offense is you got to make sure you have a quarterback who can manage the game and, you know, not get you beat. And I think that's what they're trying to find right now. Right. And I think, you know, if uh, if we can stay focused and not worry about things, we'll be fine. I think they got a good shot, BT. We'll see. It's always hard now, you know. I don't think a team's repeated as the SEC champion. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but since Tennessee in the late 90s and uh, you know, Alabama's the defending SEC champions, but uh, so that would be a, something that hasn't been done in a while. But I think they're certainly capable of it. But a lot of good competition. Uh, yes, sir. I mean, it's a lot of other schools out there, Rodney. SEC schools like Ole Miss, they're gonna be strong, and Arkansas is gonna be better. All these other conferences, you know, uh, teams in the West, they're gonna be a lot better than most people think they are. I agree with you, BT. I think, you know, Ole Miss will be – now, the problem Ole Miss is going to have is they, they've got to find themselves a quarterback. I'm not sure they have a running game either yet. So, you know, they've got some questions. You know, Arkansas certainly should be improved, I think, uh, in in year three for, for Billima. 
Belima, however he says it, um, I think they should be better. Right. You know, I think Mississippi State probably take a step back, and you know, Auburn. Everybody's predicting greatness for them. You know, we'll see. And then uh, LSU. You know, LSU. They're always going to be very strong and have a lot of talent. I wonder for uh, what's his name back for Mississippi State. He's going to be he's going to be tremendous this year. Dak Prescott. Okay. No. He could be better yeah, than about, people think he is. Yeah. The question is, BT, is he going to have you know the supporting cast around him? You know, what to, they lost a lot of players around him, and you know that that'll be the key for, for Mississippi State. That's true. That's true, Ryan. And I think you know that if we, you know, some of these teams, you know, like uh, I don't know how Auburn's going to be, you know, running. How Auburn what now, BT? I'm sorry. How, how do you think Auburn cared, cared, How do you think Auburn's going to be? Well, I, you know, I think you know they expect they expect to be very explosive offensively. You know, I know one of their coaches made a comment that they only expect to have to make a couple of stops, a half on defense, and they'd win the game. Uh, that's that's what they feel how explosive their offense can be. You know, we'll see. That's a lot of confidence, but I know defensively up front they're they're you know they're thin. Uh, they're going to have to play a lot of true freshmen in their front seven. They're expecting to do that. And, uh, you know, they could play as many as five, six, seven guys that are true freshmen in their uh, front seven defensively, you know, in the rotation. So, uh, you know, they've got some issues defensively, and but that's why they hired the great Will Muschamp. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, all right, BT, you got anything else for us? Oh, sure, I do. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate you come on there with you. Oh, sure. Ron and Terry. Hey, call every week if you want to. Bill. I gave you, you know. Okay. You did a good job uh, with the prep I gave you on the SEC West. You did a good job recursing that. I appreciate it. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. All right, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, BT, yeah. but the interesting thing about BT, uh, people that have been in touch with him for a long time, most of them know Bill. Uh, he used to ride a bike all around town. But now, uh, uh, at the ripe old age of about 54, he got in the driver's license. He's a car, I'm sure life is driving and stuff with us is never going to be the same for y'all. Say again, Carrie, I'm sorry. I was telling them that, you know, a lot of people that have known Bill throughout the years in Tuscaloosa know him as a guy that rode a bike all around town. And then when he got about 53, 54 years old, he up and decided he's going to get a driver's license in a car. So now he's riding around Peach County style. And, uh, yeah. I, just, yeah. Uh, I wish you luck in dodging him if you ever have to, Rodney. So, so somebody hit him. Did you know that? Yeah. Somebody, so, somebody hit his car and he, uh, he had to, uh, he had to get him a blower car. He was trying to go to Gulf Shores with some friends of his, and he was going to follow him on you know, his first long-distance trip. And he didn't he get five miles out of Tuscaloosa on 59 when somebody talked him out. Now, he claims it was their fault, but I, I wasn't there. I can't <laughs> you know, I don't know. But Bill's a great guy, and I, I'm so glad that he did give us a call tonight. I invited him to call. He was talking to me on my way home from work today, and uh just a really, really, really good guy. Someday Drew will meet him, but uh, and Thomas too. He's a legend in Tuscaloosa. I'll tell you that. Rodney will vouch for that. And uh, 
I know Bill, since we worked together at Ruby Tuesdays in the 80s when it was still University Mall, he's a, we got a long relationship. So glad to hear from Bill. And next hour, we'll hear from the Bill of South Alabama, Colin Big C. McGuire. So we, we got a big show for y'all tonight. Uh, anyway, the Rodney back to football. Uh, coming off the camps, the first of several, Alabama has reeled in not one, not two, but three class of 2017 commitments. We haven't had a chance to discuss them here on BAM's radio yet, so I was going to go ahead and let you recap those three guys. Well, you know, it's amazing some of the talent that Alabama is right now. And, again, we know that it's, you know, a long way off, 18 months before those guys sign, and then you have that kid that's uh, committed out of uh, Louisiana. What what class is he in? Rosenthal is he an 18 kid? And, uh, you yeah, know, 2018. Got, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. But all these guys are really top players. I mean, when you look at it, it's, it's it's amazing. I think when you look at the number of 2016 kids that are top flight prospects that are, you know, Alabama's in a very good position with. Uh, I said all along. I know that some people that worried about this 2016 class carry and, and uh, Drew in terms of you know maybe the stars. But I told you those stars. I wouldn't pay much attention to those right now. I think. You know, a lot of these guys at Alabama have gotten, you're going to see them really elevate their stock because of their outstanding players. And, I'm, I'm, you know, they're just early on, they may not be rated real highly, but I think when you, when, as time goes on, you're going to see them move up quite a bit. Um, but anyway, back to your question, you know, yeah, outstanding, you know, commitments. Notori Johnson, offensive lineman from Ellenwood, Georgia. You know, he's a big kid, 6'4", 340. He needs to drop a little bit of weight, but he, he says that won't be a problem for him. Uh, you know, but he was impressive at camp. And funny thing was, he came to camp and he was like kind of infatuated with Auburn. And when he had the opportunity to go through camp, one session with Mario Cristobal, he's all of a sudden his his whole thought process changed. And uh, you know, he committed to Alabama. He never expected to do that when he got you know on his way to camp. But you know, he just certainly was very impressed and blown away with the, the experience here. Uh, the other offensive lineman, Alex uh, Leatherwood, out of Pensacola Booker T. Washington, and you know, I know he's supposed to be an outstanding prospect. And I know I think Drew has talked to some people who project him as a future five-star type offensive lineman, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, D.D. Bowie, or Bowie, however you want to say it, I call him D.D. Bowie. But you know, I've talked to him. You know, I did a story on him back in April, and I told Alabama fans keep this guy's name in your hip pocket. Forget. Uh, that, that he was an outstanding player. The video showed it. He looks a lot like uh, Amari Cooper. I'm not saying he's the next Amari Cooper, but he certainly has a lot of big-time skills. And I know that he was a big pickup. Alabama has really liked him very early on and, you know, got an early commitment from him. You know, it's going to be hard to hold on to him for Mississippi, but uh, I think that uh, Alabama's in good position to do that with him because he, he has told me from the beginning he wanted to get out of the state of Mississippi. So, uh, you know, those three guys, I think, are outstanding pickups. And I can echo what Rodney's talking about. I spoke with someone who evaluated Alex Leatherwood, and I was told that he's a five-star talent, uh, a future left tackle, the definite, as of right now, the the successor, you could say, for Cameron Robinson, if you want to call one. They could sign for Juco offensive lineman, but as a high school player, uh, they were very impressed with him as a 10th grader, very impressed with the way that he finished blocks and was nasty in the run game. Needs to get a little bit better with his pass set and his initial punch. They were very, very high on him being that young, 
And uh, he's, uh, he's someone I know Alabama's going to have to hold on to, as Rodney has said. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but he's, he's someone, from what I was told by another source, he was the biggest head turner at Alabama's camp and jumped on the offer. So he's definitely an elite guy. And uh, Mario Cristobal continues to do work. I mean, he's uh, trying to finish off uh, in this summer the 2016 offensive line class, and he's well on his way in 2017. Because then you've got two uh, Alabama leans, in my opinion, uh, in the city of Madison near my area in uh, Kendall Randolph at Bob Jones High School and then Austin Troxel at Madison Academy. So uh, that would be two more pieces to the 2017 OL puzzle. Wow. That's pretty impressive when you think about the the, the job they've done on the offensive line the last year, a couple of years really, and, and now, uh, you know, what they're doing with the 16 class. They've got Chris Owens, uh, Deontay Brown, two outstanding interior players. Jonah Williams is a fantastic, you know, tackle prospect, I think, you know, clearly they lead for one of the junior college, you know, all-American type offensive tackles, Charles Baldwin. I'm not sure what Garrett Bowles is thinking right now. He seems like he's gone quiet as far as I can tell. Uh, who is he? Of course, he's recently visited. He's from Snow College out in Utah. And, um, outstanding prospect as well. And, uh, you know, obviously they've got some high school kids that are still on, just to name a few. Greg Little out in Texas who's committed A&M, but seems to be a little bit open to Alabama right now. And Jawan Williams out of Washington, D.C., Archbishop Carroll, another outstanding prospect. You know, I think they're still in on Scott Lashley out of West Point, Mississippi, but I do think that would be difficult to get away from Mississippi State. You know, there's some other guys that they're in on. Um, uh, I know that they've, you know, certainly been recruiting, but uh, that's those for the most part that I think are right, right near the top of the list. Yeah, Rodney, and, and I think Alabama feels like they're in excellent position uh, with Charles Baldwin and uh, and Jawan Williams right now. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think it's just a matter of, you know, kind of shaking out the numbers and seeing which direction you're going to go. I think Baldwin certainly they're in outstanding shape with. I know a lot of people have kind of thought he was on the on what they call the commit watch list, so to speak. In terms of you know he should be it could be a guy to keep an eye on here in the next week or so to maybe pull the trigger. Um, you know I know Jawan Williams is certainly very high on Alabama. Again you've got Greg Little out there. You've got that kid from uh, Kentucky who's committed to Kentucky right there in Lexington and his last name escapes me. Landon uh, Drew you may know it off the top of your head but he's a big tall kid that's an outstanding prospect I know um, and I think Alabama's still trying to you know flirt with him a little bit so. Uh, we'll see, uh, you know, exactly which direction they decide to go. But, you know, again, I think Charles Baldwin could be a guy that pulls the trigger pretty soon. Well, Rodney, I apologize. We're having a little bit of a connection problem. I think that Carrie's about to come back and Drew's working back. But uh, who else did you see at the recent camps that really jumped out at you? Well, you know, again, I think when you're talking about – We got you, Rodney. Well, that's – I think my uh, entire setup might have just blown up. Yeah, because I thought I had sent Kerry a message to, to that he, he was up, I, and I didn't. I was looking something up. Yeah, I'm back. Okay, Rodney, still? Uh, he, he's, he's cutting out kind of bad. I'll have to edit this. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, 
Go ahead. I'm, Go I'm ahead, Roger. Yeah, I'm here. I, I forgot okay. even where I was, to be honest with you. Um, it's just so fun to be on BAM. You just lose track of everything, Roger. <laughs> well, it's kind of a free-for-all, you know. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> it can be. I guess it's kind of like radio in the early days, right? Yeah, absolutely. You just kind of. You there, Carrie? Drew, carry the segment. I'm going to try and free up stuff. All right. And I know who you're talking about, Rodney. You're talking about Landon Young, uh, the the, the young man from Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, he's obviously uh, someone that has been – it's still on the radar screen. I think Juan Williams – or Jawan Williams, I, I'm maybe mispronouncing it, but the young man from uh, Washington, D.C., I think obviously Garrett Bowles uh, and uh, and Charles Baldwin are priorities, Greg Little, and, of course, someone that I know you've spoken with on multiple occasions, Tate Levitt. I think uh, those guys are all uh, people that are being watched very closely, but I do think uh, in the last – few days that, that that you could say uh, that, that uh, the young man Landon Young's been added to the list also and uh, and also someone else don't not forget about is John DeLance from Mesquite Texas so no matter what I think Alabama would like to add three more offensive tackles it's going to be a combination of junior college players and high school kids either two JUCOs and a high school player or two high school players and a JUCO Ideally, it would be two high school players if you could get a someone of the caliber of Greg Little, but that is going to be a very, very tough pull uh, from uh, the state of Texas. Though his dad, I agree, his dad and Greg are looking around a little bit, but in the end, it is going to be tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it will be tough. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Anytime you're recruiting a top-notch player, especially from out of state, it's difficult, and then when you're committed to a a home state school like Greg Little has been committed to Texas A&M for a while. It's very difficult. Now, again, if he comes over here and he makes the visit and is blown away like a lot of these kids are, I mean, you know, a lot of things can happen. You know, things change. And uh, but, you know, but Texas A&M's had a lot of success putting offensive tackles in the league. You know, they've had some top-notch guys drafted. We know about those guys. And so they've been yes. successful. They certainly can sell that. Yeah, they really can, and there's no doubt about it. And I think, obviously, uh, you guys talked about the SEC West a little bit. I still think uh, – you talked about Will Muschamp, but I think people are sleeping on the fact that John Chavis went to Texas A&M. I think they're going to be much improved defensively. I actually think they're even more of a sleeper than Auburn from the standpoint of more dangerous. Uh, They've always been able to score points. Uh, if, If Chavis can have an impact on them defensively, and we know how much you like Kyle Allen, the young quarterback, and you know, I, I, obviously, as Kevin Sumlin's teams have not performed well defensively throughout his head coaching tenure, but getting someone of Chavis' caliber away from LSU was huge. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I think you're right about all everything you said about John Chavis. I think, you know, certainly it's going to, going to be interesting to see how he meshes with Kevin Sumlin, you know, and that, that what they do offensively and. Uh, they're a pretty, you know, upbeat team, fast team. That's a lot different than what he coached, you know, at LSU with with less miles mm-hmm. for sure. And yeah. uh, but I think it's going to be interesting. I think you're right. There's no doubt. John Chavis is an incredible, has been an incredible, incredibly successful, you know, as a coach. And I can tell you this too, you know, Texas A&M has talent. I mean, they certainly not only have talent, yeah. but they can recruit. 
they've they've recruited very well. So I think uh, you know it'll be interesting to watch them. Yeah, it will be, and I think uh, so far so good uh, with the camp for Alabama. Not a lot of 2016 commitments, uh, but I do know that you touched base today uh, with one uh, that has a family connection to Alabama. Well, there has been rumors that he was offered and may have committed it, or he has been offered, but he may have committed at the camp. Uh, so far, nothing public, but uh, Alabama would have to be considered uh, a solid favorite for Sean Jennings. Well, yeah, I, I certainly think that. And again, I don't know what the, uh, you know, I don't know where Alabama stands. I don't know where, you know, I can't speak for Sean Jennings either, but I do think that. You know, obviously Alabama's been in good position if, you know, everything works out. And he's a, he looks like a, you know, from what I can tell, Drew, he looks like a really good player. He, he's big. He's 6'1", 217, measured at the camp. And, you know, he's a guy that could grow into a linebacker if he if he didn't make it at safety or go, outgrew safety. So, you know, he's a guy that's a good, very good athlete. Plays quarterback in high school, too. So, uh, you know, be interesting to watch and see what happens with that. Yeah, it will be. And uh, I really like his size. If he can move his, if he can, if he has the change of direction in the hips to play in the defensive backfield, would be huge. Obviously, uh, with with the, it's a safety position uh, in 2016, and obviously uh, another uh, player to watch that I know uh, the Alabama staff likes a lot would be kind of a, would be coming uh, from a, a a familiar high school to Alabama fans who followed recruiting for a long time, the Iberville, Mississippi, and I know. Uh, t- you, you guys, the tighter insider, got the chance to speak to Jaquel Green. Yeah, I was really impressed with Jaquel Green, um, you know, talking to him. And he seems to be very excited about Alabama. I think, uh, you know, he didn't lead on in terms of, you know, a favorite. But Alabama, mm-hmm. Auburn, Georgia, uh, Mississippi State, and LSU, I think, with the ones he named to me off the top of my head. I know that he said Alabama was really recruiting him really hard, and uh, you know he seemed to be very impressed. The home, as, as you mentioned, of Kevin Norwood, and he knows Kevin, and um, you know he's an excellent safety prospect. He said he could also play wide receiver, but um, I think he, you know, participated mainly as a as a safety at Alabama's camp, and he's from Deiberville, Mississippi. Mm-hmm, he sure is, and. Norwood had a great career at Alabama, got better every year, and it's, of course, now in the NFL. would be neat to be able to, to get another top-notch prospect uh, from that high school. And it looks like with D.D. Bowie, uh, obviously you have to still sign on the dotted line, but uh, they, they're definitely in it with Jaquel Green. Uh, obviously, Kobe Jones, from the defensive lineman from Starkville. We haven't talked about him yet, Rodney, but so many good defensive linemen. Uh, obviously, uh, the state of Georgia is loaded, but the southeast seems to be loaded as well. And Alabama is putting in place uh, a chance with, the, with, with uh, as far as pieces goes. Uh, they could have as good a uh, defensive line class as any in the country. And I do think, without a doubt, uh, that Georgia and Alabama – probably have the, the top two groups of defensive linemen if you would uh, want to project uh, to February of 2016. Well, I think, you know, right now, the way you'd look at it, you'd certainly think those two schools have, you know, I know Georgia's already got some committed. and uh, You know, Alabama has obviously Kendall Jones and Raekwon Davis, and, you know, we'll see how that shakes out with Raekwon Davis. I know that Mississippi State's really going to try to make a strong push on him. Yeah. but And, of course, he's from Meridian. 
but, you know, as you look forward, you know, and, and look, you know, you never know what's going to happen in terms of, you know, how kids change their mind, how the recruiting process comes and goes and flows and changes and all of that. So, you know, it's difficult to sit here and say, you know, Alabama's going to get this guy or that guy. But I would say this, and I've talked to, you know, three impeccable sources regarding Rashawn Gary. And I have little doubt after talking to them that Alabama is certainly right now uh, in very good position. Now, I'm not saying they're going to get him, but I do think right now they're 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 ahead. Or they're certainly in a very good position with him. I think Mario Cristobal has done an exceptional job with Rashawn Gary and has put Alabama in a good position. Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi really likes Alabama a lot. The feeling over there, I talked to someone last night close to that situation over there, that he felt like it would come down to Alabama and Ole Miss. That was his feeling as of now. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Simmons is an outstanding player, had a great camp here, dominated in Houston. I, I think it was maybe one of the rivals' camps or whatever. But he had a great camp in Houston last week where he was certainly, uh, you know, perhaps the top defensive player there or one of the best. And, um, you know, he's from Macon, Knoxville County, Mississippi. So, you know, those two guys right there, you get you get guys of that magnitude with Rashad Lawrence over uh, Louisiana, who Alabama's in excellent position with, from Moreau Neville. You know, again, he's the number one player in the state of Louisiana. LSU's certainly going to have to be reckoned with there. But, you know, I think Alabama's in, you know, good position with him too. I agree, Rodney. I think they have a chance to have a special class. Obviously, Georgia's uh, going to be the, the uh, lucky recipient of a uh, deep in-state class. Jeremy Pruitt's done a great job there. Uh, Tracy Rocker has had a big-time impact. Without, without a doubt, it'll be more from a national perspective, but Alabama has a chance to have a spectacular uh, defensive line class. Bo Davis has done a great job. was really key in getting their early commitment to Kendall Holt Jones. As I spoke with his uh, father on my radio show this week, uh, they're going to return to Tuscaloosa shortly with the family. Uh, his father is going to sit down with Dick Saban and Bo Davis again. But, yeah, his father really thinks a lot of Bo Davis. And I think Alabama has an excellent chance to hold on to Kendall Jones, who's a big-time piece of the puzzle. And with the other pieces you add around him, uh, it could be a spectacular class, especially if they can get Richard Lawrence out of Louisiana. But I know LSU is going to do everything they can to hold on to the, uh, to, to the Neville star who goes to the same high school as Hootie Jones. Yeah, and, um, you know, we'll see. But, again, I think you're right. I think that they do have an outstanding shot. They have one of the best offensive line classes and one of the best defensive line classes in the country. And, you know, that's where games are won and lost. I think the really interesting thing is, uh, as I look at Alabama recruiting right now, is the two interior players that they've got committed, uh, the size and the power they bring, Deontay Brown and Chris Owens. And then as I look forward, and look and see, you know, the commitment that they've just got from the Tory Johnson. I mean, Alabama's, you know, getting those road graders back. You know, those guys that they can line up and, you know, just pretty much power the football, you know, down the field with the running game. And I think, you know, that's really what made them successful, obviously. You know, 2011, 2012, the offensive line and the power they brought with Fluker and Cormac and very Uh, they, they're kind of getting those offensive linemen. It looks like they're you know, certainly regaining that identity. Yeah, I, they really are. They're getting back to being, uh, as Coach Sabin tries to say, the team that no one wants to play, uh, to be feared. 
Uh, they know the games are still won in the trenches, uh, no matter uh, the hurry-up, no-huddle offenses and whatnot. You, as you said, you got to make more than three or four stops in a game. Uh, Alabama's always built their football teams under Nick Saban from inside out. Uh, that's what they're continuing to do. Uh, but uh, I still think uh, the, the, the class will be, as you said, uh, heavy on OL and DL, and that's what needed to happen. But now we're going to see what, what's going to play out with the quarterback situation, Rodney, and I know you've been on top of that. Uh, obviously, Woody Barrett committed to Auburn yesterday, a uh, big piece of the puzzle for the Tigers. But there seems to be uh, three uh, candidates with two standing uh, ahead, ahead of the, uh, of the third uh, left on the board for Alabama at quarterback. Well, you know, I, I think Juwan Pass is a guy that's very highly thought of out of Columbus, uh, Georgia. Obviously, big kid, you know, close to six five, and you know, has a lot of, you know, has a lot of height, and great size, and potential, and all of those things. I think another guy to kind of keep an eye on too is Jalen Hurts out of Texas. Uh, you know, I think he's a little bit shorter guy, but he's extremely athletic and uh, a good passer. I think those are the two guys to kind of keep an eye on. Again, uh, Jalen Hurts out of Channel View, Texas. He said recently he's he's going to an SEC school. It's Alabama, Texas A&M, um, Mississippi State, and Florida are his top four. In, in no order, by the way. Yeah, and I really like Hurts' film. I've heard that Lane Kiffin really likes him as well. Uh, obviously, uh, he, he, he did not camp this week, and neither did Juwan Pass. Pass is slated to visit Alabama in the near future. Is there, is there anything definite yet on when Jalen Hurts could visit again? You know what? I, I really don't know. I know he's been here, but I, I don't know when he's going to come back. You know, he, he, one thing I like about Jalen Hurts is this, too. His dad is his high school coach. So, he, you know, he's grown up a coach's son. Um, his dad is a really no-nonsense type guy. And Love uh, that. Yeah. I, I think that's one thing that also – it's kind of a little value added with him. But I, I really don't know, Drew, when, you know, when or if uh, or how soon he might be coming back this way in terms of a visit. Yeah, and I know Xavier Gaines through this week for the Alabama staff. He's kind of a sleeper uh, from Lake Wales, Florida. Uh, he seems to be the third candidate. But as you said, it looks like Jawan Pass and uh, Jalen Hurts are the top two uh, with Pass setting a, a decision date of July the 13th. Many think that Alabama and North Carolina lead for his services now, especially with the fact that Auburn took Willie Barrett. Uh, he, he's a raw kid, Rodney. To me, uh, Pass is very athletic. He looks like someone that will definitely need to redshirt and may take a couple of years to develop. But that, I guess, would be ideal uh, with a couple of elite young talents like David Cornwell and Blake Barnett especially. Well, yeah, you have those young guys you're talking about. And so, you know, you want to try to get a quarterback in every class, though, and I think that's important. And, you know, quarterbacks come and go pretty fast. So, uh, you know, it will be interesting to see uh, – you know, see what happens in terms of who Alabama ends up with this year. It really will, and uh, and, and now it's the the next step for Alabama will be the uh, the offensive and defensive lineman camp, which is going to be in mid June. Coach Mario Cristobal will bring in a lot of guys, but right before then, Rodney, I think it was stated today, uh, he I, it was uh, confirmed via Twitter. I, that, uh, that uh, Greg Little will be coming into Tuscaloosa this next coming week with his family, uh, which is going to be huge to see uh, his true interest and in whether or not he may want to flip up from Texas A&M. Well, it'll be huge. I mean, I know that certainly A&M will be anxious about that, but 
You know, I mean, that that would be a huge, uh, huge deal. I think getting him on campus is big and, you know, kind of having an opportunity to communicate with his family in person is, is really big. And Nick Saban's very effective, you know, when that opportunity arises. And so uh, I'd kind of keep my ear, ears and eyes on that, that, that situation. Now, again, I think, you know, Texas A&M certainly the home state school. They've had a commitment from him for a long time, be difficult in the long run, but it'll be interesting to watch. Well, it will be. And, and finally, Rodney, we want to talk about uh, a prospect that you were able to uh, break uh, the, the story last night on Tider Insider. It's another 2017 kid, uh, but it seems like uh, the process continues to escalate. Uh, he earned an offer at camp uh, on, the la- on the last day yesterday, on Wednesday. Uh, and that is uh, Chidarius Townsend from a familiar high school to Alabama fans, Tanner High School, uh, with head coach LaRon White, former Alabama offensive lineman, uh, the son of legendary Cortland coach Lewis White. And it looks as though uh, he made a very favorable impression on the Tide coaching staff uh, working at, at safety yesterday, and uh, that he's uh, he earned an offer, and Alabama could be in, in or it really is, uh, according to people that are close to him, are in very strong shape. Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, word is he may make a decision within the next week, 10 days or so, and uh be interesting. Alabama was the first school to really come out and offer him, though Kentucky had kind of told the coach, they were Coach White, that they were going to uh, uh, offer here soon. And, um, you know, Coach White had an interesting comment. LaRon White, the former Alabama player, of course, he had an interesting comment that um, – he thought Jadarius Townsend reminded him of um, Ardarius Stewart. And, you know, he coached against Ardarius when Ardarius was at Fultondale, and he really thought that, you know, Jadarius Townsend was very similar in terms of athletic ability to, uh, you know, Ardarius Stewart. And, again, you know, Ardarius Stewart's a guy that played some wide receivers. Played, you know, obviously, he's a wide receiver at Alabama now and got a bright future, but um, you know, he played quarterback in high school. He played some receiver in high school. He played safety in high school. Kind of like Chadarius Townsend has the ability to do all those things. So it'd be interesting to see. You know, does you know Chadarius Townsend eventually end up as a safety, which he's going to play that position some this year too. He's not going to just play quarterback. They're going to use him as a as a, as a safety as well. So it'll be interesting to watch that. And and you know, he, he has the ability. He could also play receiver. So you know. He's certainly an outstanding all-around athlete that brings versatility. He really is. Well, Rodney, we've had you for about 45 minutes, man. We we really appreciate you uh, joining us tonight on BAMS Radio. Uh, we, we thank you for uh, the excellent inside information and the recruiting coverage on and, and, and of Crimson Tide Athletics as a whole on the TiderInsider.com. Uh, uh, and we uh, look forward to having you on BAMS in the near future. But thank you for coming on with us tonight and giving us a few minutes of your time. Hey, Drew. Appreciate it, buddy, as always. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Rodney Orr, everybody, on BAMS Radio. We've had a few technical difficulties tonight. We're glad that you stayed with us. I think we may finally have Kerry back in just a a little – in a few minutes. But uh, we uh, we are going to go on a break here on BAMS Radio and try to work out the final kinks. But we want to thank Rodney Orr for that great recruiting info. We hope our chat room, we hope all the listeners enjoyed it. And uh, stay with us. We will be back shortly on BAMS Radio here tonight.
Coming my way in the North Carolina Staring up the road And pray to God I see headlights I made it down the coast in 17 hours Picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers And I'm hoping for rally I can see my baby tonight So run me, mama, like a wagon wheel Run me, mama, any way you feel Hey I pick a banjo now Oh, no country where the people getting me down Lost my money playing poker so I have to leave town But I ain't a turning back to living that old life no more So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel Rock me, mama, any way you feel Hey But he's a headed west from the Cumberland Gap to Johnson City, Tennessee. I gotta, I gotta move on before the sun. I hear my baby calling my name and I know that she's the only one. And if I die in Raleigh, at least I will die free. So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, in a way you feel. Hey, mama,
We back. We're back. We we have solved the technology issues. The wizard has worked his magic. Yes, the wizard Thomas Watts, everyone. This was <laughs> yet again another feather in his cap. I had some gremlins with mine for about a minute coming on the show for the second straight week. We worked that out. Then Carrie had about ten gremlins, but I think we've got them fixed. And uh, we've got uh, our crimson brother, Kerry Clark, back on the show. Now, Rodney Ord did a great job, you know, giving us uh, 40, 45 minutes, recruiting rundown, little football talk uh, for after the first elite camp that wrapped up this past Wednesday. And uh, now we're going to continue to talk Crimson Tide, Kerry. And uh, i got to tell you, I'm still – it's not an NBA guy like Roy Rogers or T.R. Dunn, but I'm very, very intrigued by the shrewd move by Avery Johnson because the one – Thing in basketball you got to have is players. You got to have talent. Wimp Sanderson said it on my radio show on 97.7 The Zone. He said, he said it to many people. Great players make great coaches. And now hopefully Avery Johnson and Bob Simon can develop the players that they're hopefully going to bring in. Well, i got to give some credit to Matt Venus of AL.com. He just yeah. – uh, came up with a 6'10", 235-pound five-star that Duke is after, uh, that Coach Postacle may be able to help Alabama get. His name is Marcus Bolden. Bolden. Yes, Bolden. And, uh, he was already mentioned by Cecil Hurt. Yes, he's, he's 2016, 6'11". He plays in that uh, in the Texas Titans basketball program for Coach Popsicle, and uh, I think Alabama will, have a, 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 will be definitely in the mix for that big kid. And he also has offers from... I mentioned Duke, but his other offers are Kentucky, Kansas, and Louisville, so absolutely got to be a stud. Yeah. And uh, if you go to AL.com under Matt's article, they've got some video uh, that I would advise you to watch. But, you know, <laughs> they may not get it. I talked to Avery last night at a reception, and they're not totally optimistic about getting any more big men in this class, even going to transfer. But if they get that guy in next spring, or actually this fall class, that would be – Phenomenal. Of course, that's like getting an open for. I, I was, I was, I, I just received the text as the show started from a Kentucky fan who is very well connected in the basketball community. I sent him the information, and his response back to me was, "Good for Alabama. They need someone that will play the game. You have to." No doubt. And that is called the AAU game, and they, uh, they, they would, they have not played it for the last six years. And we've seen the results, putrid. Now they need to be able to play the game to get the talent into Tuscaloosa to win basketball games. That's the only way you win in basketball. You've got to have players. You've got to have it in football. One of the first things Nick Saban told those close to him, I'm a hell of a football coach, but I've got to have talent, and you win with talent. And that's why Nick Saban's a great recruiter. Hopefully Avery Johnson and his staff will be the same. Uh, Bob Simon is known as a good recruiter and a really good evaluator. Hopefully, like I say, Avery Johnson and Bob Simon will also be good at developing the talent uh, and putting them in position to succeed. Uh, I will say this, it couldn't get a heck of a lot worse than the last six years. Oh, I guess it could. You couldn't have made the, you could have missed the NIT. But I don't think there was any doubt that Alabama, uh, especially inside, that that's the biggest thing, on the front line, a school that used to churn out uh, front line uh, power forward centers, uh, small forwards who, who uh, you know, had so many guys in the NBA uh, that were interior players could not recruit a big man worth a grain of salt. And I uh, hope that's about to change. Well, if they give this guy a change, 
Oh, no doubt about it. Marcus Bolden. Marcus Bolden. Yeah, we, I was going to mention him when we got done with Rodney. I had already been reading up on him, but yeah, he's six foot eleven. Uh, he's going to be a McDonald's All American. Uh, obviously, uh, he's going to be uh, heavily recruited. But when you hire the guy that uh, coached him in AAU that he's comfortable with, uh, you got to believe Alabama's now going to be on the short list. You know, and Avery was saying last night the reception that. Uh, he, he knew that Alabama needed some morning duns and some two and duns, and that he was working on that. But they also wanted to, to still bring in X amount of four year yeah. guys. And the analogy he used uh, was that he would like uh, Alabama to uh, be like a long jumper that's going from one pit to the next. And if the next pit is a higher level of competition where you're fighting people like Duke of Kentucky for recruits and uh, you know, seeds in that NCAA tournament. He's a uh, he's got some exciting plans and, and visions for the UA basketball program. Um, you know, I'm sure that Gary Marshall's wife is a, is a great lady, but she may have done Alabama a Rita Rodriguez type of favor when she turns that job in. Well, all I'll say for the Iowa State people who just lost the great Fred Hoiberg to the Bulls, uh, it has been confirmed that Greg Marshall was going to sit down and talk with them. Go ahead and just get some Pepto-Bismol. You're going to need it. Yeah, y'all have fun with that. We yeah, we y'all got. have fun with that. Good luck. We got the guy we want. And uh, one other interesting thing that was not said at the reception but was said to Avery uh, by someone at another function uh, is that when he mentioned in Destin last week that they were going to announce an addition to the roster, at first, everybody assumed, including the AL.com guys that were down there, that he's talking about his son. He's probably, well, I don't want to say it's going to be a walk-on because they're not going to fill their allotment this year. But he's probably a year-to-year guy, depending on who they sign. But apparently, when he made that statement, he has since reiterated to someone else that he was not talking about his son. And I, now, this I'll, week is almost over. Yes. But I, I still feel like they're, that they're on Kobe Eubanks' watch. I felt like it the whole time when he talked about that. It wasn't about Avery Johnson Jr. I've told many, I've told several people that I feel like the addition he was talking about was Kobe Eubanks. Uh, the, the obviously the the the, the two guard uh, that from the state of Florida, from the prep school in Florida, who uh, has had some academic issues, was committed uh, to B- uh, Baylor uh, and was, was slated to sign with him in the, in the fall, but did not. Has reopened his recruitment has gone on several visits, has flirted with Kentucky, flirted with Kansas. Uh, but and Kansas seemed to be a big-time threat, but then they got LeGerald Vick. And so I do believe uh, that Kentucky uh, doesn't seem to be talking to him anymore, but he had a very good visit to Alabama. He's got a brother, Nick Eubanks, uh, also who's a, who's a tight end, around six foot four, 210 pounds, who Alabama has an interest in that they've offered him. Uh, Alabama's recruiting several tight ends. Found another one on Tuesday. Um, Maurice, or excuse me, Miller Forrestall from Cartersville, who Rodney Orr was slated to speak with today. But again, uh, Nick Eubanks is on the short list. It could be a package deal. I know Nick Saban doesn't do package deals a lot, but his brother Nick, Kobe's brother, is a high-level prospect. Could end up at Alabama, but I felt like the entire time when he mentioned uh, that they could have a, a roster addition to announce soon that it would be Kobe Eubanks and he would come to Alabama and it would fill a need, Kerry, because they've been needing a shooter. 
Well, and not only that, Drew, they don't have a true two guard on the roster. Maybe B.A., but B.A.'s a raw true freshman, and I think B.A.'s kind of a two and a three guy. Well, I think you're going to see Retno Basahan play some two. I think he's going to have to. Yes. Uh, I think he's going to have to because and, – and here's something else about Avery. I know he's new to the college ranks, but he's a smart guy, Drew. He, he made a point in Destin to say and – and, and I pun intended – he made a point to say Dazon is a point guard. Yeah. And he wants because he knew that Kobe Eubanks was somewhere, somehow oh, yeah. see that on Twitter or, or some, somewhere. And so basically, if Kobe Eubanks signs with Alabama, I mean, Retton and, and, and B.A. may play, and I'm Brandon Austin, may play some two and all that. But if Kobe Eubanks signs with Alabama, it won't be four games into the year before he's starting two. Well, I you know, and Eubanks can score. He brings a shooter's a shooter's mentality. Brandon Austin can also shoot the basketball, but he's very athletic. I think he can develop into a very good defender. Uh, I think he's uh, someone that can also get to the rim and he'll play. There's no doubt about it. But I do think uh, he, uh, that Kobe is more of a shooter. Uh, you know, Brandon had the, uh, has had the reputation as being a knockdown shooter, and he can shoot the basketball. But I think. Uh, Kobe Eubanks would probably be, uh, once he signed with Alabama, probably the best shooter on the basketball team. He brings a, a scorer's mentality. I think he would definitely, I agree, Kerry, he would start early on. And I've seen Dazon Ingram live. I've seen him on film. There is no doubt that Dazon is a point guard. Uh, he's maybe very tall at 6'5", almost 6'6", but he is a point guard. Uh, he's, a, he's a rare, he's a lefty, uh, but he's very crafty. He needs to work on his outside shot and his free throw shooting. Uh, but he can get to the rim. But he is really a pass-first guy, uh, and he he, he 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 scores when he needs to, especially for his high school team when he feels like it's a big situation. But we so when we saw him, at, and you remember in Montgomery, uh, he did a good job of getting in the open floor and setting up his teammates. You know, speaking of Montgomery, you know, you said that if he signs or when he signs, that Kobe Eubanks would be the best year on the team. I don't know now. Lost the champion can pump that rock. Well, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm being no disrespect to Lawson. Uh, I, guess, I guess you could say scholarship, but Lawson is a supreme quality walk-on. Uh, he's yeah. a gym rat. You will not have anybody that won't bust his butt and work harder. And you're right. In a game of horse, I'm not so sure I wouldn't take Lawson. Uh, he's but definitely, it's going to be interesting to see if he can get some time as a walk-on uh, in his first year in the program. But at the very least. He is going to really, in a good way, piss everybody off in practice. He's already on the roster. Uh, it's been updated yes. on You know something that stood out to me about that roster, Drew? We were kind of questioning the height of Dante Hall and particularly the weight of Dante Hall. They've got him 6'10", 205. Yes, I, I think he is very, very close to 6'10", after seeing him uh, in person. I've grown since we saw him, Drew. Yes, and I I think he's definitely that tall. He's got, a, and the biggest thing is his wingspan's over seven feet. Kerry, he's got long arms. Uh, I thought I would my my weight estimate would have been two hundred and fifteen pounds, but he has definitely gained weight since I saw him last and improved tenfold offensively. Uh, if it, you know, and I have a funny feeling Popsicle has a background developing big guys, considering Julian Randall has been the guy that everybody's been talking about today, and this big kid. Uh, Bolden, who will be coming out next year. Hopefully, Popsicle can come in and help 
you know, this this young guy develop? Because I think Dante Hall's underrated. I had been voting for the MVP in the Alabama-Mississippi game. He would have been my vote. Yeah, he had a great game, and the score of Mississippi was I think they credited him to two or three, but he had oh, like five. Lord Almighty, at least and five, at least five. They, I had about seven. I think they missed five. four or five. And something else that impressed me about him, yeah, he was the tallest guy out there, but he's also pretty He'll fight your butt for a rebound. Oh, he, he will. I thought he finished well out. around the rim. Yeah, I thought yeah, he finished he well around the rim. Step out I thought he was very active. Like, what are you doing? You make this. I was like, okay. Yeah, that's 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 I was joking with him. I said, hey, man, you've been working on that. He goes, yeah, a little bit. So, I mean, he showed he could step out from the corner and drill a three. And I thought he ran the floor well. I just think he has tools. And uh, I think uh, there's no doubt about it that uh, I, I felt like uh, uh, that he has the most upside of the guy signed. And, uh, I know his. Uh, we hope to have his head coach uh, uh, on the show soon. I know he's had some little, he's had some uh, little league baseball responsibilities. You got to understand that. But uh, without a doubt, uh, we hope. Coach, you're saying it with Don't stop yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, <laughs> and so uh, we we hope to have him on soon. And and I. We, but again, uh, he thinks he his uh, pupil is going to be uh, an NBA player, and I don't have any doubt that that could happen, Kerry. Could it? Could it? Could it? Uh, you know, we didn't get into this in the first hour, but this would probably be a good time to talk about it. We, uh, I felt like, even though they finished fifth, that the Alabama softball team acquitted themselves pretty well out in Oklahoma City. Group. Yeah, I think they got the most out of their talent. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I was proud of the way the ladies uh, played this year. I mean, uh, they stayed in the top 10 to 15 all season long, and I felt like in the in the super regional, without when all the money was on the table, they really played well against a very very good Oklahoma team who probably should have been a national seed and, and won one of the best, if not the best, super regional ever played. Uh, you know, they they weren't satisfied with how they played in the SEC tournament, but they bounced back and I thought they played really good softball in the regional and yet again just more great work uh, from uh, from uh, Patrick Murphy and. There should be more to come. Uh, obviously, another very good recruiting class coming back. And uh, big losses, well, you know, with Danae Hayes, who finished her career off, uh, you know, playing really, really good softball and going to miss her and obviously going to really miss uh, uh, Chauncey uh, uh, Bell. She had a great senior year behind the plate. But uh, I Alabama, they should be. And, and Jaden Spencer, who got some big hits late. But Alabama should have a very good team again next year. I think so. And, uh, He's got a pretty good recruiting class coming in. Uh, a catcher from Mississippi that's going to battle for the starting job. Uh, Maddie Moore, a left-handed pitcher from Winfield. Murphy coming off an injury. Yes. Coming off an injury, but did did play the last month or so of the season. Yes. Uh, for Winfield and Murph has made a point in the past of not signing uh, Alabama high school pitchers because the distance from home plate to the mound is is different at Alabama high school level than it is. The rest of the country and the rest of the country has the SEC standards, uh, the amount of feet between home and the mound. So he has made a point in the past, and he told me this to my face years ago, of just not signing pictures that you know come up through the Alabama system. That's why Marcy Harper's at Auburn right now. Uh, but Maddie, uh, apparently impressed enough during the summer leagues and all that, that he felt like she could do the job. And uh, there's going to be some shuffling around of positions next year. I feel like he's probably going to move Demi Turner to short. 
and that'll open up a battle at second that could involve Peyton Grantham, that could involve uh, Callie Case, and maybe some others. Uh, maybe he'll finally stop insisting on playing Leon Lafayette at first, who was in a slump for most of the season. Because now, Drew, with Peyton Grantham coming back, he can put her at third and Alyssa Young running it first if he chooses to. We'll have that option. That'll be up to Murph. Uh, but uh, the outfield is going to be extremely solid. Uh, potentially, it would be Chandler Dare in left, Haley McClinney, the best in America, in center. Stephen impressed Thomas Watts the other night in some of her plays. And in right field, uh, Andrea Hawkins. That's an extremely good and fast defensive outfield and pretty good at the plate as well. Uh, so it'll be a fun year. But, Drew, I hate to admit this, but, I mean, one of my goals for this past weekend in Oklahoma City was not necessarily for Alabama to win it or even make the finals, but get further than Auburn. And they didn't quite do that. They got fifth and Auburn got fourth. Uh, but I got to take my hat off to Auburn. They had a hell of a year in softball. They turned their program around and they made it a two-team race in the state of Alabama now. Recruits are going to look at that. And of course, Murph's been doing it longer and Murph doesn't have a national championship, but Clint Myers, as much as he looks like Mike Price and as much as he can be a third, he has two national championships at Arizona State. And he's I, I mean, I have to give credit where it's due, Drew. He's turned the Auburn program around. He has. It's going to be very, very competitive now from this point forward uh, between Alabama and Auburn in softball. He, they, uh, Auburn has done what Alabama's going to have to do in baseball. You put your money where your mouth is and you go hire a great coach and you turn your program around. You don't let somebody come back for their seventh year when they run your program into the toilet and uh, miss yet another regional and uh, had a top-20 team in the preseason and end up puke central and uh, not even make uh, the uh, – barely make the SEC tournament, make a pretty good run there, but not even playing in a regional with uh, uh, what everybody believes uh, is uh, two uh, players that are going to go in the top 100 picks likely in the upcoming Major League Baseball draft and a pitching staff that had that was without Don Keller was his loss was big, but they still pieced together a good enough pitching staff. With that lineup, they should have been able uh to get to a regional and I don't know about get to Omaha, but at least uh, make a heck of a run, have a chance to win one. And I just don't think uh baseball wise uh they have the pieces in place right now. Uh today it was confirmed uh that Mitch Gaspard would come back and we are hearing the entire coaching staff, uh which means uh, Andy Phillips We'll be back for yet another run. I, I believe it would be year five for him, which means obviously offensively Alabama will likely continue to be uh, in the lower half of the SEC. Uh, but Andy was a great player at Alabama, one of the best in history, uh, but uh, probably one of the worst hitting coaches in college baseball. Uh, I've been told over the last couple of weeks by a few uh, people that uh, via some message boards that the hitting coaches really didn't matter. You had to recruit talent. Well, Obviously, I think Alabama's had some talent, maybe not as much as some of the other schools because of the, the state lottery, but enough to win, and I just don't think it's being developed properly. Obviously, you see uh, the struggles on the base pass as well. Andy Phillips is a third base coach. One base running blunder after another. Uh, they did that, uh, obviously. Uh, they did lose 16-1 to to Vanderbilt, but they when they blew uh, the, the game before uh, against uh, – who was it, Kerry, uh, where they got someone thrown at the plate? Was that Texas A&M? Yeah, it was Yeah, Texas A&M, they got someone thrown out at the plate because he didn't read the ball right, and I'm sure 
uh, didn't get exemplary coaching uh, from the staff either. But again, uh, and they they blew an opportunity there against Texas A&M, a very good team who's in the Super Regional, has a very good chance against TCU uh, to get to Omaha, and they were one of the best teams in the country all year. But Alabama with a golden opportunity, you know, Will Haney with a big base hit, you've got a chance to. Uh, to uh, score a big-time run there and, ha- and, and, and have a chance to steal a game from them, and you're not able to do so. Uh, but, again, it was just a microcosm of the entire season. And Alabama baseball, you hope they can get the energy back into the program, looking you know, ecstatic about the new stadium. Uh, but as I told somebody today, he was saying that Mitch Gaspard, uh, he was on Twitter as Mark Torrance. I'll just go ahead and call him out. He said that Mitch Gaspard and staff deserve to come back uh, – to get the stadium, to, to use the stadium that they pined for for so many years. Well, I hate to tell you, Mark, but the stadium should have been built for the, for the person that set all the records, and that's Jim Wells. He left. Everybody wants to talk about he lost his fire. He got sick of bumping his head against the wall and not being given the facility upgrades he deserved. The stadium should have been used by Jim Wells and should have been here several years ago, and then maybe the program wouldn't be in the shape it's in now. But, again, that's neither here nor there. But it is shocking to me that a legend like Jack Leggett at Clemson would be without a job now. He was relieved today. And uh, he's won 955 games, been to Omaha six times, and, uh, you know, has been a, was at Clemson 22 years and I think went to regionals 20 times. And Mitch, he doesn't have a job, and Mitch Gaspard does. Well, and, and you know, it, it's a little late in the game to be flipping over. Everybody don't want to play for Paul Paul. Um, I don't know. If he's still unemployed a year from now, we'll see. Um, There's no doubt Leggett I mean, proved himself. I mean, they didn't have a great year this year. That's grand. And they went 0-2 barbecue in the regionals. But he's a proven guy who's been one of the best coaches in college baseball. Uh, if he, I'll be shocked if he doesn't get another opportunity. Should he choose it? I mean, he could retire. I mean, he's been around forever. Uh, he, but he's been a true credit to the coaching profession and uh, just really, really surprised. Uh, hope, I will say this. Clemson's a really good job, but good luck getting someone as good as Jack Leggett, uh, to, in my opinion, to continue that tradition. They've had two baseball coaches in about 60 years at Clemson, and, again, they've got the money, so they're going to try to go out and be aggressive, I'm sure, and hire a proven guy. But it's not going to be easy to accomplish. I mean, Jack Leggett going into this season had averaged 44 wins a year in 21 years. Uh, that's strong. It is strong. All right, well, we got another caller on hold on the uh, Big Head Barbecue Hotline. Check them out at bigheadbbq.net. Come on in with us, Big C, Colin McGuire out of Greenville, Alabama. What's up? Not enough, Kay. How about you, wild man? Just as blessed as I am, both. That's good. Well, uh, I guess Braxton I guess Miller's not coming, is he, Drew? Well, we'll see, uh, Big C. I, you know, it's beginning to – for every day that passes, I mean, the likelihood that he comes to Alabama, I'm sure, drops. But, you know, there's still inclination that something could happen. And like Kerry said, I mean, there's still the second summer term in July. I mean, we will see. Uh, I think he's making a very, very poor decision uh, for his future. If he decides that, if he decides to uh, believe the urban liar and uh, and uh, uh, compete for a job that's not likely to be his and spend his senior season on the sideline, which he doesn't deserve, someone of his caliber. Obviously, in a unique situation at Ohio State, they do have three very good players at one position, uh, but there's only one football, Big C. And to me, he needs to move on, whether it be to Alabama, somewhere to play. 
but Alabama is a perfect landing spot for him. As much talent, uh, one through 85, as anybody in college football, and he'd have an above-average chance uh, to meet Urban in the playoffs and have the last laugh uh, at, at Alabama if he should come uh, come to Tuscaloosa. And uh, you still have to earn it. You got to go out on the field and win it. And as Rodney Orr said earlier on our show, uh, there's been there hasn't been a repeat SEC winner I think since '97 '98 when Tennessee did it. But if so, if nobody had ever repeated as BCS national champion, so Alabama did it. So if anybody's going to do it, it'd be the Tide. Um, yeah, and they got they're pretty they're highly ranked in a lot of preseason polls or magazines so far. It looks like they what I'm saying. Yes. I don't know. Uh, I think um, what I like is Phil Steele, and, and he seems like he knows what he's talking about. I don't know about these other magazines. I sort of want to. He picks Alabama number two. I hope he's right. <laughs> yeah. I like for it to be number one, but I mean, I'm, I like. I mean, it makes me feel good that he thinks they're going to be that good, though. Because for whatever reason, he knows how to do it, or knows how to research, uh, analyze. Up because in 2012 he picked Alabama to be number five, but so don't be surprised if they win the national championship in 2012 if they did it. So yeah, no doubt. But anyway, but let me ask y'all a question. Did either one of y'all go to the eight day game this year? Yeah, uh, yes, did. yes, we both did. Yes. Now, do they do they have signs on the sideline for the offense like they do at other schools, or did y'all notice that? Somebody told me they did. They, they did not. They did not. So this deal about trying to run a hurry up offense is just a, a rumor, then, is what you're saying? No, it's going to happen. No, it's, not a they, it's just not they, the way they're, they're going to spend yeah. the place. They're not. They weren't going to show a lot, Big C, uh, and they're they're yeah. going to do that. They're, they are they are definitely going to try to go faster. Nick Saban has said so, uh, but they they were trying to they they wanted to let the quarterbacks prove themselves first. Once they get they figure out who the starter is going to be, then they'll worry about the tempo of the offense. But right now mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out who the who the Blue Blazes is going to be able to be consistent enough, as Rodney said earlier in the show, to manage the game and not screw it up because the defense and is going to be nasty. Uh, the special teams has a chance to be really good. If, uh, you know, Adam Griffith has made progress, we already know who J.K. Scott is. We already know they have the athletes to cover kicks. We already know they have kick return capabilities. So uh, we will see. Uh, but, again, they just need a quarterback to come in and have the keys to the car. Uh, you've got all the weapons you need. I think Mario Cristobal is going to put together a very good offensive line. Uh, but you just need a quarterback to be able to – you know, not turn the football over, make plays on third down, and uh, make a big play every now and then uh, down the field. Yeah. Well, that's like a good uh, recipe to win a lot of ball games this year. Maybe win it all. Hopefully, I think they got a good shot at it anyway. Um, um, now, summer school's already started. Are all the enrollees in school now? Everybody. Yes, they are. Um, what's his name? Damian Harris. What do y'all? The Sherry's Flowers. What do you say? Uh, you all see them playing a lot? Do you think one of them might get redshirted, or what do y'all? Uh, how do y'all see what those two guys are going to do? Well, I'll say this: I think the Sherry's Flowers is going to redshirt. I think he will be transitioned to an H back, fullback. But I do think he's very solid. I like him as a prospect. 
He had to play injured most of his senior year. Kerry saw him in person. Uh, he did flash ability. Uh, and I do like the fact he's from Viger High School. He's a junkyard dog a little bit. There's a lot of good talent that comes out of there. But I'll say this, Damian Harris is in school. He's already He's got a little bit of Sean Alexander going for him. And I guess that's in a good way. Sean used to piss everybody off in practice because when he redshirted, he would uh, he we were he was going against one of the best defenses in the country, and he would tell people when I tap my helmet, that means I'm going to score. And most of the time, when he tapped his helmet, he still scored. And everybody knows that he had to basically that uh, he had to uh, bide his time behind some other very good backs. Uh, when Dennis Riddle, Curtis Alexander of, of that ilk, when he was at Alabama. But when he got his opportunity, everybody remembers 96 in, in Baton Rouge. I know LSU yeah. sure as hell does. Oh, yeah. And uh, 291 yards, and uh, they, they, were, they shut out the Tigers. Uh, it was, the stadium was empty about middle of the third quarter. But 270-plus uh, yard touchdown runs. Uh, and, I, you know, he, he had a very, very good career at Alabama, a very good pro career, borderline Hall of Fame career. And uh, Damian Harris, I know uh, from a prominent player at Alabama on defense, they already want to kill him. But, I mean, obviously, he's uh, someone, as a good friend of mine said, who told talked to DJ, said, don't kill him, we need him. So, obviously, he's uh, already flashing talent and a little bit of an attitude, but that's to be expected. He's the number one running back in America. Uh, he proved it in the Under Armour game with 136 yards and a 36-yard, or excuse me, 116 yards, pardon me, and a 36-yard touchdown run. Very, very good player. Uh, was a team captain along with Blake Barnett, who played such a crucial role in his recruitment. And he's needed because Bo, if he returns, won't be until around October. His rehab is going well. Cameron Sims' rehab is not going as well. He had a very severe injury, much along the lines of, uh, of uh, Dante Hightower. And so he will be – it may take Cameron about two years to get back, but they feel like Bo will recover, that he's really working hard. He could be a factor this year. But Damian Harris is going to be needed, no doubt about that. So we will see. But I definitely big C. I, I think there's no doubt about it. And uh, two other freshmen I want to tell you, I got, a, I got a text message today. I was told as workouts have started, individual stuff, uh, and all, uh, seven on seven, that there's two other guys, and these are both to be expected. But the term I was told today was they're both freaks, and that's Calvin Ridley and Minka Fitzpatrick. All right, Fitzpatrick, he's a DB. Where's he from? He's from New Jersey. Oh, wow. Now, who's who's the other freshman uh, defensive back they got already there on campus? Uh, uh, Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie yeah, Harrison. He's, uh, Ken, oh, he's from Tallahassee. From Ta- he's from Tallahassee, yes. Now, who's the other one? Uh, Kendall Sheffield from Texas, from Missouri City, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me ask y'all. Let me mention one thing real quick. I was looking. I got the Wendy's magazine the other day, and I was looking at the. I don't know if it's twenty four seven or whoever it was. It was the top one hundred players, and I noticed only there's only two from the whole. Well, there's three. Excuse me, from the state of Alabama, Marlon Davidson, and then the guy from Carver, and then you got this Bruzard guy, which I understood is already committed to Auburn, but if I remember right, Alabama, did Alabama even offer him? I know he picked Auburn, but I don't remember if they no. offered him, did they? No, they did not. Now, who, and how could he not have Ben Davis on there? Well, if he doesn't have Ben Davis, he needs to be fired. I need to look at that again, but I, I, I 
for some reason I saw three guys from Alabama on there, but I need to look at it again. Well, Speaking I of that, I got I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to buy it this weekend, but I, I mean, I don't know how he can have 100 players and have Bruce Arnold and have Ben Davis as a joke. I mean, I, I hope you just didn't read it right. Did you got yeah, it, Bruce? I, I got I it right on right now. Open it up and see if you see Ben Davis in there from Florida, Alabama. And I'm telling you, Kerry, there's there, there's going to be a fourth amigo to the linebacker to trio. We didn't really talk about it with Rodney on tonight. Uh, we should have, but we can talk about him now. Remember the name Terrence Harris. He is the Where's next from? stud of Huffman High School in Birmingham, which, of course, produced Andre Smith, millionaire with the Bengals, and all-pro all Marcel Darius, BCS MVP, and uh, with the Buffalo Bills, uh, who, who's about to be a very, a very, very rich man. So uh, both those guys came out of Huffman. The next one is Terrence Harris, six foot two and a half, now two hundred and thirty pound uh, linebacker who Alabama was very, very interested in. Much like uh, Marcel, he's got some academic work to do, but if he does what he's supposed to do. And, uh, and and makes progress academically. I do believe he'll be a part of the Alabama class, and he is a stud. Watch his film. He's, uh-huh. I think he's a big reason Jaquan Uly of Chesapeake, Virginia, who did not come to Alabama to camp, is probably not going to be committing to the Tide uh, come June the 8th because he pushed back his decision date from today. Uh-huh. So there's four, and really there's five linebackers. Jeremiah Moon from Hoover is also a very good player, but I think as of right now he's below the other four. Is he looking toward Alabama's way, or what's the deal there? Well, the deal is he's kind of raw big C. Uh, You know, he had an uncle that played for Alabama, uh, Darius. Gilbert from Oxford. Gilbert from Oxford. I remember him. He's really, really, really skinny. Yes, he's, he's I mean, got he's a long frame. Player. Yes, he's almost like I, I wouldn't mind taking the pretty gray shirt, but he needs a lot of development. He does. He needs a lot of weight. I don't know if he'll be part of the actual class. He might if we can take a gray shirt or something, but we'll see how he right. does this summer in the weight room and this fall on the field. But there's no question about Jeremiah Moon's raw ability. He's a football player, but gosh, he's skinny. Yes, he is. And- he, if, if he doesn't end up at Alabama, I would not be shocked if he ends up at Mississippi State like a few of his teammates. Uh-huh. I, I see. I, I'm looking at this magazine. Lindell Wilson. What's his name? Is that right? Back with Lindell Wilson. Yeah, yep. he's number number eight. And then um, Marlon Davidson's number 25. And let's see. Oh, okay. Excuse me. I did miss him. Ben Davis is number uh, number twenty. From Gordo, yes. Alabama. Thank you. Okay. Now, who wrote that article? Did you see? That wasn't Lindy. Who wrote that for him? It just said national recruiting for uh, the top one hundred high school seniors two thousand sixteen. Okay. In other so, words, Barton, little... Barton Simmons or J C Sherbert. Okay. They well, got them. I think Davidson's the best player out of all of them, but that's just me. Yeah. And then this guy, Kent Wood, Louisiana, committed to Alabama. He's an at cornerback. Y'all know that name, Kent Wood, Louisiana. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Carter. Shane Carter, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know what else. 
Hey, what time can we be? What time tomorrow on the show tomorrow, Kenny? Uh, let's go 7 p.m. 17. All right. I'll, you'll hear from me at 17. All right. All right. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Kenny. It's been fun as always. Yes, Big I'm C. Talking Great to hear from you, man. Thank Roll you. Bye-bye. Big C, Colin McGuire. Greenville, Alabama. Yep. For some reason, he's the only call we can get from the 334. We're glad to have him. Oh, absolutely. Every week. Every week. Yep. Big C might start calling every week, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been hearing Bill since I've been watching TITV many moons ago. He's always the first caller. Like yeah. uh, He's always like Pee Wee from Grand Bay. He is sort of like that to them. Uh, now, he don't call every single week, but he calls most weeks. Uh, yes. I met BT, Bill Taylor's his real name, back in uh, the mid-'80s when I was working at uh, Ruby Tuesdays in Tuscaloosa when it was still at University Mall. That's how long ago it was. I was a waiter, and, and Bill was a dishwasher, and we've been friends ever since then. We've been members of the same church choir. We've been members of the same softball team at one point. Uh, just a really good guy, man, and he loves the University of Alabama, and he loves his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and uh, he's a good guy. Me and him will go to two or three Southern Gospel concerts a year sometimes, at least two, and uh, I'm glad he called. I kind of encouraged him to call, and you know, we were, I was driving home from work today, you know, BT was asking me all these questions. And he was encouraged to take some of it when he talked about who was going to be good in SEC West, so he's definitely got a memory on him. And he's the kind of person that once he meets you, he'll never forget your name. Um, nice. I'm not quite too thrilled about the fact that he's driving a car now, but he is. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But old BT's a good guy. And he, he might end up being a regular caller. Of course, we'll, we will be counting on uh uh, you know, big C keep calling every week. And I've re-invited Marty and uh, King Crimson both to start back calling in. But I don't know if they're holding out for Wednesdays or what, but they didn't they didn't call tonight yet. But you know what? We are still taking calls on here on the Big Head Barbecue Hotline uh, from Bands Radio. We'd love to hear from you. I'd love to be able to tell you the number, but I have lost it, so... <laughs> Now, here it is, here it is, here it is. The, the call-in number of the Big Head Barbecue Hotline, 714-510-3707. 714-510-3707. Join us on the Big Head Barbecue Hotline and talk to sports with Kerry and Drew and Thomas. And uh, I was checking out uh, somebody on Twitter who mentioned that they were going to a camp and travel, and then they were going to Purdue, uh, a player in Alabama. Is this the weekend of the Michigan Satellite Camp and Travel? Yes. Yeah, it will be actually tomorrow. It will start okay. tomorrow. It was T.J. Rayham, who uh, I have scouted the yeah. last couple of years at uh, Thompson High in Alabaster. His father is the legendary Thomas Rayham, who's lost the field goal to beat Penn State uh, on the road in 1989. But T.J., is a nose guard at Thompson. Uh, unfortunately, TJ is about 5'11". Uh, he's a heck of a player, but uh, he he will be attending Michigan's camp in Pratt Bowl, and then he's going to go uh, to Purdue it says Sunday. So, busy weekend for the young man. Uh, Drew, have you got any early NBA score yet? I have not checked it. I can check it really quickly. Uh, no, I I've been, in front of the TV. I'm sorry. No I, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been trying to check recruiting information. I've been trying to check. I know you ain't watching the basketball hire. Yeah, the basketball hire is quite intriguing. 
yeah, it is very intriguing. I'm very intrigued by it. I'm very excited by it in a way. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Roy Rogers and T.R. Dunn. Don't get me wrong. I, I would have I would have supported that 110% them returning to Alabama, but I think it's kind of outside the box, and he has a connection to a lot of talent. And obviously, uh, Alabama has been lacking uh, one through 13 as far as the talent level for several years now. Um, it's been frustrating, no doubt about it, uh, for Alabama basketball fans like yours, like uh, uh, myself. And I know you're a huge fan of the program. We want to see him return to the NCAA tournament. We want to see the energy return to Coleman Coliseum. And to be honest with you, uh, I'm giddy. I was really excited when Coach Godfrey came, and I knew he would get some energy back in the gym. But I'm not going to lie, and this is 100% uh, not crimson-colored glasses. This is just my a gut feeling on my part, Carrie. And with what you talked about, you've already mentioned it previously on the show, about vision. And I think uh, Avery Johnson has vision not just for his program, but uh, on the court, but off the court as well. And that has to do with the fans. And I'm just, uh, as far as, uh, uh, I've never been so excited about a, 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 an anticipating an opener as I uh, am right now with uh, uh, Avery Johnson's first game uh, in Tuscaloosa. Thomas Watts tells us that with 255 left in the first quarter. 13 Cleveland. All right, so Cleveland's up 10. Yeah, so right now it looks like a little bit of a Chinese fire drill with Golden State. They're having trouble inbounding the ball. Uh, you definitely can see that uh, LeBron, of course, is the only one with big-time finals experience, but you can see that Cleveland looks like they're the more settled team right now. G State is chunking them from the cheap seats and kind of looks like they're out of sorts right now. I thought about pulling for Cleveland if um, if Love stayed healthy. Him yeah. Or, yes. I really I mean, like I'm Love a lot. Pull for Steph to get his first one. I just feel like I feel like Steph deserves a ring. I feel like Clay Thompson deserves a ring. I feel like it's a great story with uh, Steve Kirk. And yeah. you know, both the uh, head coaches in the NBA Finals are first year guys. It's uh I don't think the fellow at Cleveland, Platt, has to do a whole lot of coaches. The Blatt, how well, I mean, he's look, I don't think he has to do a lot of coaches. He, and he's made some mistakes, the timeouts and all this. But you got to understand, as LeBron James just hits another three, they're blowing Golden State's doors in right now. But as everyone knows, this is the NBA. In another 30 minutes, it could be tied. But, uh, but again, David Blatt, David Blatt is, is a young uh, coach as far as in the NBA, he's coached overseas for a long time, and a lot of people were trying to get him fired after his first season. And uh, he still got the team to the finals. And I, and I agree, he does have LeBron James, and LeBron James is really, I guess, the de facto coach of the team. But still, he's he, he's done a great job with a Kyrie Irving being severely banged up, and with no Kevin Love for the majority of these playoffs, and he still got him to the champ to the finals. Oh yeah. Yeah, his I mean, job was to not screw it up, and he hasn't. I mean, come on. Well, the uh, newest Twitter handle for Bama uh, followers to uh, check out is at UA Coach Scott P. That's yep. Coach Popsicles. Uh, got to work on pronunciation here. I thought it was Popsicle too, but it's Popsicle. Popsicle. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was trying. I got to really look at it. I, I got a, the, the UA release had the phonetic on it, and I'm glad because I was looking at the Popsicle and I. Was, I was making jokes about me eating a bicycle full of the air and all that, but Popsicle, he has Twitter now, at UA Coach Scott P, and his tweet says, uh, his most recent tweet from two minutes ago, very excited yet humble to have a great to represent. 
Alabama men's basketball and Coach Avery uh, using their filling handles. I pledge my best. Hashtag roll tide. So roll tide to you, Coach Popsicle. And uh, hopefully it's not impossible that we get that big man. Well, I think there'll be have a, uh, you know, a really good opportunity to care, but also – and he'll have connections to other players, and you know. And I've been, you know, in the last few months, I've had access to an AAU coach and talked with him, and he's kind of filled me in on how some of this stuff works. And it, there's no question about it that you have to play the game a little bit, and you have to have connections to others. And uh, he sent me a one-word text tonight because he knows everyone. I mean, I had lunch uh, and talked with him uh, on uh, Wednesday. And he had just talked to, for example, he has connections everywhere. And all, all these AAU is a true network. Where some, a friend, the friend of mine that I was having lunch with is a Kentucky guy, and he brought up the fact that Slight, that's his nickname, one of uh, Calipari's guys had gone to Chris, to, to, to Chris Mullen's staff at St. John's and gone home. Well, it turned out that day, and I think for the last few days, that uh, this particular uh, gentleman that I'm friends with, and had been talking to Slice. He's like, yeah, I just talked to Slice today. Uh, he's working out with a uh, with Stan Van Gundy and the Detroit Pistons, and and he's and he said, and uh, Slice is uh is really close with Stan Van Gundy, but Slice got a heck of a deal. And it turns out that he was uh, went to the same high school as Chris Mullen. They were two years uh, you know apart, but they knew each other. And Mullen brought Slice in to get player. Now, obviously, St. John's has improved under Steve Lavin, but still couldn't get over the hump. Now, much like what Alabama was trying to do with Avery Johnson, uh, St. John's is trying to take an NBA guy who just so happens to be the best player in the history of the school to try to resuscitate their program. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, Drew, but there was an NCAA tournament game when Indians Watley was at Alabama uh, freshman year where they beat the Chris Mullen, Walter Berry, St. John's team. Wow, I did not. I don't remember that one. It was before my time, but yeah, I'm sure it was very the early eighties. Yes. And uh, I remember watching that game on TV, and that was probably the second or third time ever that I saw Mullen play. He uh, must have been a freshman that, around that time. He was a senior in '85. Yeah, I think he, he was. Uh, I believe. Probably '82. Uh, it was probably '82. It was. Yeah, it was because Wiley's sophomore year they were one and done in the tournament. Lamar, yeah, that was the Lamar debacle. That was a blowout. But 82, they made the Sweet 16, and bar, you know, barring some North Carolina getting every call, they might have gone further than that. But they had a great team that year, this freshman year. Uh, and they did beat uh, either round one or round two. Might have been to get to the Sweet 16. But they mm-hmm. took on uh, Chris Mullen and Walter Berry and, and beat them, and it was awesome to watch. Uh, it was awesome to watch. The next year, uh, right after Coach Bryant died, they beat uh, UCLA, and that was a crazy game too at Paul. So uh, that was, but that was when they brought Johnson as a freshman, and that that team actually underachieved until the last part of the year, and then they got hot and won the SEC tournament, and then got blown out by Lamar. It was a weird, weird season, but that was '83 season. But uh, here's an interesting tweet, and this kind of bridges into my next topic. They recently held a, a, a symposium for the top rookies, and they took pictures for uh, trading cards. And tonight I was able to see the trading card for T.J. Yeldon and uh, Amari Cooper. Those are already out because they were invited to this thing. But the Raiders' third-round tight end, talking about Amari Cooper, is, is, the gentleman's name is Clyde Walker. He mm-hmm. says, I didn't realize how fast Coop was until I tried to make a block for him. 
blazing. Well, we could have told you that, Clive. We could have told you that. Cook can fly. I don't know if any of y'all, either of y'all saw the video, but some kid on, on a recruiting truck about a year ago challenged Coop to a 40 in the, on the asphalt, yeah. and Coop smoked it. I mean, the guy fell down to try to make it look at it, you know, but he got smoked. Uh, but anyway, so that's, that's what's up with that. Um, you know, uh, let's see. I tell you what, Thomas. I'm about to message you some information uh, about a uh, last-minute guest that we can work in here. So I'll type that in. But Drew, I wanted to get your take on uh, basically the good performances thus far uh, that uh, we're getting from the rookies, the soon-to-be rookies of NFL from Alabama. Oh, yeah. I think it's been exciting, no doubt about it. I think Amari Cooper is going to live up to the hype. Uh, I think he's going to be an all-pro. The, the the most comical thing I read during the whole draft process, which is over-analyzation, is um, he may have tapped out and not have much upside. What the hell are you people watching? I mean, good grief, talking about Kevin White's got more upside than Amari Cooper. Watch the tank. I mean, Kevin White's a great player. Amari Cooper's the truth. He's LeBron James in cleats. Nobody in the SEC could stop it. Everybody tried to. About 124 passes. Okay? I mean, he was a stud. I mean, I, I love Julio Jones. He's always going to be the GOAT to me. But nine is the best I've seen in a Crimson Tide uniform. Get real. I hate that he's with the Raiders because the Raiders are an inept organization. We all saw what happened with Rolando McClain. It was a disaster. But I hope this turns out better. I think Coop can play. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think T.J. Yeldon, if he had been healthy, Ohio State would have gone home with a whooped ass. I'll just go ahead and say it. He wasn't healthy. He was much better than people thought during his career at Alabama. I still don't think he was as respected as he should be. I mean, uh, just I, I'll never forget uh, Notre Dame, he and Eddie Lacy, uh, running through Notre Dame. And uh, the, the, last, the last season, for most of it, T.J. was not himself. If he had a been – he would have been lethal with Derrick Henry against Ohio State as a receiver and runner. And uh, he was probably 60% in that game. And uh, that was just sad to see. But I think he's going to have a very solid pro career. He's obviously not with a very good organization, but he's going to get to play. Uh, I think he's going to be a very good player. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I honestly think that uh, Nudie Fowler will be solid in the NFL uh, with the Tennessee Titans. Excited for him. And, of course, everyone knows what I think of Landon Collins. And I still think he's going to be more than a box safety. I still think uh, he does have enough ball skills to be effective in the NFL. Uh, he may, he's not going to be a ha-ha Clinton Dick as a pass defender. I'm never going to say that. He's a great uh, run uh, against the run. He's good enough against the pass. He's better than people think. I think he's going to have a long pro career. He will be a supreme special teams player, uh, without a doubt, if they decide to play him on uh, special teams and continue to do that, which is what Alabama did. I would recommend the Giants do that because – he puts effort into everything he does, but I think he's going to start for the Giants. I think he's going to be a big-time player. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does on the pro uh, for his pro career. And, I'm, and I really think the New England Patriots got a steal in Xavier Dixon. Uh, if he's uh, you know got his head screwed on straight, I think he can rush the passer. He's got a skill set in the NFL. Uh, obviously, you can make a lot of money getting to the quarterback. Uh, and I thought he, I even think he was underrated against the run, but I think definitely he can rush the passer, and pass rushers are at a premium in the NFL, and I think he can have a nice pro career uh, just by coming off the edge. And he's with a great organization. 
uh, the best in the NFL right now. Who cares about deflated footballs and a bunch of crap? Uh, they they have the best organization in the National Football League. He gets a chance to be around in a bunch of winners like he was at Alabama, and so hopefully he'll have a good run. And then Austin Shepard can be a solid backup type uh, level offensive lineman, uh, maybe a best spot starter and have a solid career. So I think all of them went to good situations, Kerry, and I'm excited to see how they do. And of course they've got a lot of guys that are trying to make it as undrafted free agents and. Uh, I don't know that we we talked about it a little bit last week. I'm excited for Blake Sims' opportunity in the Canadian Football League because I think that's where he fits. It is, and he's had a first good week of workouts there. Uh, but we're going to uh, go ahead and change gears because we do have a guest on hold, and I'm going to bring him in because he was the voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide softball team all year, and uh, want to welcome in a friend of the show, second time guest, Mr. Tom Canterbury. How are you doing tonight, sir? Doing good, Kerry. Thanks for having me on. Good to have you. Good to have you. And, Tom, uh, you got taken on a pretty nice ride uh, in your first year behind the mic uh, that culminated in Oklahoma City. Uh, From your perspective, as the man that was calling the action, uh, how would you characterize and sum up this past Alabama softball season, Tom? Well, I think it was uh, it was a great season. Anytime you end the year in Oklahoma City, uh, it's I think it's a successful year. Um, obviously, you want to win the whole thing when you get there, but when you're one of five SEC teams to make the final eight, and really when you look at it, um, four out of the final five teams that were playing were from the SEC. Um, I think that to be a part of that, to be a part of the league that is really – risen up and become the the best in all of softball uh and really to have be at the forefront of that uh i think that's nothing but a positive and it's definitely a testament to what patrick murphy has built here in tuscaloosa and just a, a tremendous season you had you know one of the best moments in all of bama softball history which is saying something the grand slam and the super regional by marissa runyon to send alabama to okc and then you had alexis osorio um as the SEC Freshman of the Year, really stepping up and becoming a, a shutdown pitcher, probably one of the one of, if not the best, uh, in the conference and in the nation. Uh, the future looks really bright for Alabama. Okay, we'll try to get Tom back. <laughs> Hello, yeah, I'm here. Oh, we got him. We got him back. We got him. Back. We got him. We're having the gremlins tonight, Tom. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Scott no problem. Not been kind to Bams Radio tonight. Uh, and Drew had a question for you as well, Tom. Yeah, Tom. I've got to ask you this as a play-by-play guy in your first year, but uh, the, I, I assume your favorite moment of the season had to be Marissa Runyon's grand slam. And I have not heard your call. Have you listened to it? And how many times? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've listened to it a few times. It was uh, I saw. Uh, different people tweeting about it, uh, you know, after it happened, and uh, I think the the term I saw was that I was losing my mind. I don't know if it, it was quite at that level, but it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, just a, a privilege to be able. That was to be able to call that that entire game, and in that moment, that's one of the best sporting events I've ever seen. Even softball, whatever sport you're talking about, that's one of the best I've ever seen, and one of the greatest moments to be a part of and have the opportunity to, to broadcast it was uh, was truly special. And uh, just especially you take a look at the the entire um, 
like the entire storyline of that weekend, the fact that Runyon came up with the bases loaded in game number one and had that opportunity and struck out and then to have that opportunity to come back around. She had been struggling, was 0 for the the entire Super Regional, um, was actually pinch hit for the time before when they went through the lineup. She had moved down from the four spot to the seven spot. Everything just worked out perfectly for her to have that opportunity to come back and do it again and take the first pitch off of the the girl uh, Paige Parker from Oklahoma, who is later to be named the freshman of the year in, in the nation, um, to do that, and then just the the atmosphere and and Road Stadium just absolutely becoming unglued, just an amazing moment. And uh, yeah, I listened to it a few times. I they actually used it uh, some for the team uh, in the uh, motivational videos that they gave them. And there's just I was a uh, it, it was a privilege to be a part of it for sure. No doubt, Tom, and I've got to ask you, uh, you were a part of the team this whole season, and you, uh, Alabama for, I guess, it will probably end up being the 12th straight year, led the nation in attendance, but uh, Kerry was, was on my radio show in here in Huntsville t- and talked about covering uh, the, the regional, but you obviously uh, called every inning on the radio. Uh, just talk about the, you spoke about it a little bit then, but was it the mm-hmm. most unreal atmosphere you've, uh, you, have, you were a part of all year? Yeah, I, I mean, it was, especially because earlier in the year, um, we just had terrible luck with different types of, of weather, and, uh, you know, we we go out to start off the season playing Gulf Shores and play out in California. It's sunny and 70 uh, for the first two weekends of the season, and, and then we got, you know, the Bama Bash coming out. We got Michigan coming in. It's going to be a great time. We get back, and it's in mid-30s, so, so you don't, you know, the, the weather – I think Alabama played, um, of all their conference series this year, they only had two that didn't have some sort of doubleheader or something because of weather. Uh, so really the Super Regional, the Regional and Super Regional were really the first times all year that weather wasn't a hindrance for the crowds to come out. And then you saw the Super Regionals just, it was absolutely packed to the rafters. You win that game number one on Saturday to force the game number two, and sometimes when that happens, you don't know if there's going to be a game two. You kind of see a little bit of thinning out of the of the crowd, but there wasn't any of that. In fact, more people came in for that game number three. Haley McClinney in the first inning steals a homer away from uh, from an Oklahoma uh, batter and then makes a diving catch with the bases loaded and two outs that really saved and changed the ball game. If she doesn't make those two catches, Oklahoma may run rule Alabama in that game. And then to be able to do that, Hang in there, and then get that that moment with the the grand slam. Just a just a tremendous moment, a tremendous atmosphere for sure. That was great. It was a privilege just to be there uh, as a reporter, and just to see that four thousand people going eight crap wild. And uh, you know, I couldn't cheer because I'm an I'm I'm an alumnus, but I couldn't cheer because I was credential media. Sure. But uh, a friend of mine, Mark Burnett, with the Anderson Star took a video of uh, the reaction as Marissa came around the bases and trotted back to the dugout. And then he took another video of the post-game reaction when the girls were leaving the crowd in Alabama. And I couldn't help myself. I didn't know he was filming. But I couldn't help myself if he used one word, wow. And yeah. they're in the middle of the video of me saying, wow. And people heard it and commented on Twitter. pretty funny. That's not cheering, though. It's just saying, wow. But I wanted to ask you, Tom, uh, in addition to that moment, which was awesome in the tops of the season, mm-hmm. you also got to call a very interesting 
series in Lee County, Alabama, a month or so before, while Drew and I were driving back from A-Day, we were listening to you call uh, one of those games. Uh, what was it like, that atmosphere, and, and Auburn definitely had a great year that year, but what was it like being part of that hostile atmosphere and seeing Bama still take two out of three and come darn near close to sleeping? Right. Yeah, I think that just kind of shows where the sport of softball has come. Uh, the fact that that was such a heated uh, game. And, you know, a lot of that is because of the fact that Auburn, who has been, uh, frankly, a doormat in the conference, uh, really kind of established themselves. They finished a half game out of, uh, of winning the regular season title. Of course, they made it to uh, to OKC, made it to the Final Four. Uh, so, you know, begrudgingly, you got to give uh, the Myers clan credit for what they have been able to do at Auburn. But, um yeah, that that was one of the most hostile environments I've ever seen. There was the play where um, a Auburn girl was called out at home, and the tag, it looked as though the tag missed, which it did until right at the end where it hit the bill of the uh, of the runner's helmet, and that's where the umpire called her out. And, of course, the entire crowd goes crazy, Myers goes crazy, and that game is on TV, so I'm standing up because so, the crowd is right in front of us, so when they stand up, I have to stand up to be able to see over them. They turn around to see if in the press box there's uh, there's TVs where they can see a replay, and they see me wearing Alabama stuff standing up, and they start yelling at me as though I had anything to do with it or could do anything about it if I did. And, and just and just the the venom and the anger in people's voices and in their faces uh, in that situation uh, just you know, like I said, it just it shows that you know, yes, the people say you know when Alabama and Auburn play, it doesn't matter what the sport is, but you know there it kind of does sometimes. But I think softball has reached that point now where, with Auburn being good and Alabama, of course, being uh, as good as anybody in the conference has been, uh, that that's going to be a heated rivalry from here on out. And then, of course, the games being as they were, Alabama dominating the first two games and having two different five-run leads in game number three with a chance to sweep. And then finally Auburn's offense kind of woke up and they were able to come back and get that win. And, and something else, the fact that the game just takes forever when Auburn's playing them. It's just, it's just every, all that kind of comes together to make it a kind of a, a rough atmosphere at times. We were talking earlier uh, in the hour about maybe some of the combinations Murph could use defensively next year. My understanding is that he plans to move Denny Turner to short. I don't know if you've heard the same thing, but if he does that, I'd be interested to see if he puts Peyton Grantham at third and maybe moves Marissa Runyon over to first because it seemed like the last half of the year the owner was just in a slump. I could see that. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the freshmen that come in and uh, I'm not really sure. I know they have four hitters coming in, but I'm not sure where everybody plays. Excuse me, in that uh, in that area. Uh, but yeah, I could definitely see Runyon being the one to move because she's not a natural third baseman. She played actually, especially the second part of the year, a very good third base. Uh, but she's not. You know, this is the first time she's ever played third base, and that's where Peyton play, Peyton plays naturally. So I could see that that happen. I'm not sure what the plan in plan is as far as shortstop goes because. You know, Danae Hayes has been there for four years, uh, so that's going to be, you know, a huge uh, hole to fill. And, and you're right about Leona. She 
started out the season slow, and then she got hot in the middle of the year. But yeah, you, know, you know, frankly, she just she struggled into the, the year and finished off the year with a 0 for 21 stretch, I believe it was, and finishing off an OKC. And but she was pretty much the only option you have at first base. Um, I could see any of those moves, but I want to. I don't think you're going to see, especially going into her senior year. I don't think Murph's going to just give up on Leona because she had, you know, her sophomore year was great. She had. Uh, the, she had a couple homers in uh, in OKC last year, so you don't want. I don't think you give up on her, but uh, I would think that she's going to have to uh, prove that she can come out at some before uh, she's definitely given first base again. Anything else for you, Drew? Yes, Mary. I've got something. I've got something. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just looking something up, and I just wanted to let everybody know. And, and Tom will get a chance to call our games, but. As we we kind of talked about it uh, when you came on and before you came on, but uh, Murphy, Coach Murphy's got the train rolling. They're going to bring in another very strong recruiting class. But I got to tell you this: this is pretty strong, and it's in the, from the state of Kentucky. And uh, she's a 2017 softball commit, so she's still got to finish her career a couple of seasons. But uh, they they commit now in softball so early in their careers. But uh, she's one of the best power hitters. She may be considered the best in her class. Uh, but her name is Kaylee Tao, and she's going into the playoffs in the state of Kentucky, guys. And her, she has a 7.01 batting average and a state record 19 home runs. So it's going to be fun in the in the in the in the future in Road Stadium as Coach Murphy and uh, and Coach Habits continue to bring in one stud uh, or studette, if you want to say that, in the vernacular after another. Yeah, that's. I know the class that's actually coming in this year. As a couple of left-handed power hitters, which is you know one of the areas that uh, that Alabama uh, was missing this year, uh, you have the two pitchers, both a lefty and a righty, including uh, the the uh, best softball player in the state, one of the bigger uh, recruits in the state of Alabama that Alabama's ever had uh, as a left-handed pitcher. So you got a lot coming in, plus the fact that you had a senior class of five girls who were outstanding. Who gave Alabama in their in their four years 206 total victories, the, the national championship, two SEC titles, the SEC tournament title, played in the national championship uh, series twice, and you lose all five of them. You had four All-Americans, and none of them are those seniors. So you're going to have four All-Americans back in addition to the recruiting class coming in the future. Very bright for Alabama softball. No so, Tom, you were a producer for years in radio. When you hear the music, you know what that means. But we do want to thank you so much for your time. And y'all that are listening to Pitcher Tom's referencing with Maddie Moore of Winfield. Yes, uh, very good be, pitcher. She'll be pushing for time next year. Uh, but, Tom, yeah. Canterbury, voice of the Crimson Tide softball team, thank you very much for your time. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, good night to you and Roll Tide, sir. And, Roll Tide. Uh, Roll Tide. Yes, and uh, for Drew Armand of 97.7 The Zone in Huntsville, for Thomas Watts of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, I'm Kerry Clark of BamaMag.com and Scout.com wishing you a good night and a roll tide. Thank you for listening to BAMS Radio, a member of the BAMA Sports Radio family. Roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.